0: Hello and welcome to Shoot the Shit, the podcast where I interview men because I want men to talk. Today I'm joined by Connor Higgins and this is episode three. Hi Lewis, you're okay? I'm very well, thank you mate. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you.
1: Not long got back from work.
0: So yes, we'll, we'll soon we'll soon get into that on your little little adventures. Um, so, first question that I've always that I've sort of started asking with this—it is a biggie to start—but in in your words, what makes Conor Higgins a man?
1: Um, tough question. I wish you would have asked me it earlier. <laughs> what makes you a man? So, there's probably two ways I could look at it and think, well what would be the definition or what you see in film. So you're like, well, someone who provides for his family, somebody who goes out and works, but now that times are changing um I'd say I'd say somebody that's like trustworthy, somebody that's it may not differ too much from what makes somebody a person because I'm trying not to get too technical. <laughs> <laughs> what makes me a man? Um, my ability to stand up for yourself, your ability to, t- to be present with people and to be honest and genuine. So I'll, may not differ too far from what makes somebody a person. This your answer? Yeah.
0: Okay, cool it's a uh, it's a tricky question I, I like it because your response was the same as pretty much everyone else's response of of shock of uh, oh jesus we we're, we're kicking off here uh, but i think it really just starts to relax you and sort of open your mind up to the to the conversation that we're about to have i think you need those sort of challenging questions to sort of get there so in regards to yourself, um, just give us a little bit about who you are, not as a man, just who you are, what you do, what's your what's your background, what's your life. Yeah, uh,
1: I'm 28, I'm from Kirby in Liverpool. I'm an engineer offshore, so my job involves me going away for months at a time and then coming home for months. Um, grew up in Kirby, I've lived here all my life, but travelled a lot in between with work and stuff. and lived in New Zealand when I was 19 with my friend, um, seeing di- different parts of the world, just sort of give me a bit of perspective. And the, I always say the best part of, the best part of coming, like staying in Kirby, is the fact that you can come back to it. So it is somewhere I want to leave <laughs> because it seems that nothing changes and nothing changes in Liverpool, but I, do love the city and I do love the place, so um, I'm here for the time being. Okay,
0: nice. So you, it's it's nice that you say that, that nothing changes. Is that is that why you like coming back to it? It's almost like a, a steady, steady, constant when when you're doing this. Training. Yeah,
1: so it's 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 a base somewhere to hang your hat, and you come back and you know everybody, and it's you know all your friends are in, it's what you know. Um, Basically, that's it. There's there's not a lot going on. Um, in the city, a lot. Everybody, a lot of people are the same. Like they are all into the same things, which is good and bad. Um, but yeah, with the traveling and stuff, I, I would like to live in different places. Um, that's just not the the situation that I'm in at the moment.
0: Yeah. Okay. Cool. So in regards to sort of how you've got to, to where you are right now. You, you mentioned that you you left the UK um, when you're 19 and moved to New Zealand. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about how that came about? What the decisions were around that? Why you made that Yeah, sure.
1: So I've got family in New Zealand, in um, Hamilton on the North Island. And um, a family friend, he spoke to me and my mate Ellis, and he said about, would they like to come over and play football? like? the edge, we were a decent standard or Ellis was a decent standard and he said we'd like to come over, the team needs a bit of help, it, like we're re-establishing ourselves and it was a decent level. So basically we, we went over, we, we said we'll do six months and the plan was go over. I remember sitting there after work with Ellis and we was having a pint and we were saying like imagine it, imagine us going over there and no one knows us. And we're winning the league for them and ev- everyone's like walking around, like talking about us and that and that didn't happen. That was an absolute fantasy. So <laughs> we went over, we misjudged the level a little bit. It was good, but everybody was fit. Um we tried to bed in got injured. Ellis struggled with his visa because of um he used to play at a good level and he he had to get clearance of some sort. Um so when i got injured i ended up working on a steel mine so i was over there 19 supposed to be living with family and then i was away from home there so i'd say that that is one of the things i always look back on and think wow like that that gave me a, a level of like this is what it's like and working 12 hour days with hairy ass fellas on steel mines that are just the yeah, they're just rough people and they're doing hard labour, so I'm like, Well anything that I do now, I'm like, Well it's not as bad as that, so um
0: Yeah, I was I was gonna say that's like obviously going out there to play football and then getting injured and ending up in a steel mine at like nineteen on the other side of the world. Um what was what was that like? Was it we you take it? in your strides, or was it a bit of a weird
1: adjustment? It was, yeah, because this was like month four maybe, I tried to give the football a go and it didn't happen. So I thought, okay, well, I'll take it for what it is. I can earn money and I was on a decent wage at 19, so I'll stay over here and do this. But I had to take it in my strides. It's just the, the phone calls to home was getting a bit more often. And I remember speaking to my uncle, and he was saying like, "This is character build because," and I didn't know what he meant. He was saying like, "This is this is really hard. Like, you you need to take a day at a time. You're getting up at four in the morning." I remember it was um, it was a Friday. We was we were staying in a house near the steel man, and I got we got up at four to start at five, and I was following the van, and it was dark, and I was just so tired. I think I was drinking a Red Bull, and as a like I was drinking the Red Bull, I, I went to ten through the windy roads and I crashed the car into the mountain. I was just knackered. I was thinking like, yeah, Yeah. what is going on here? So eventually I left that because I was like, I was working with a geologist. And he said, look, mate, why are you here? You're not, you're, you're a kid. You're, you're absolutely knackered. You, you're doing shit labor. Like what, what are you doing? And I was like, well, yeah, okay. I don't need to be here, so I'll leave. <laughs> Fair enough. Um,
0: and that was pretty much it. You came back to the UK and sort of
1: all... Came back to the UK. Grass was definitely greener when I was over there to say, yeah, come back. We had all these plans again. We'll see my mates. We'll, we'll go on nights out. We've missed everything. Um, a lot of my mates when, when we went away. They got girlfriends while we were away, so it was like, oh, you're growing up, you're doing them things, so we were looking forward to that.
0: Um. Yeah, so we, um, obviously I, w- I went away a little bit later in life, I went to to Indonesia after uni, um, and I was only there for about 18 months in total, and Harry, the last guest, is obviously in the Navy, and he's he's away quite a lot, and he's saying... That was one of the biggest things for him was like even in that short period of time it's almost like you've time traveled you go back and everyone is like eons in front of you in regards to like career all that um insular sort of family life they've got girlfriends that potentially got a dog might even be looking at a property like, it can be quite a, like a daunting oh oh shit, moment you've, you've sort of landed back on on shores and you're like oh how did you all? How did you all do this in such a short period of time?
1: Um, was any of Was any of that the case with you, or was it quite a? Uh, yeah, sort of smooth absolutely. Transition? So I know Ellis felt it as well. So when we come back, our initial thought was let's go to Creamfields and let's go to Warehouse Project. And like you say, that my friends had girlfriends and stuff, and we were twenty. And at the time, you think ah, oh, we're old now because we've left school for four years. But you're absolutely not. So we come back and we were both out of jobs and a lot of my mates were in like third year, fourth year apprenticeship, so they were earning a decent wage. So I think Ellis took the first job he could get and I was I was sort of leaning towards um where, where do I wanna be sort of thing. So and I remember um, when I come back I was my mum was telling me to sign on and I was like it's the grimmest thing ever because you go into the office and you sat there and you can probably count on one hand how many teeth people have got around you and you're thinking is this my life is this who i am and so i I did i I done that and then uh, i spoke to my cousin who lives in london and i said look can you get me a job doing anything i just want to come and be away from the house because i'm i'm always in the house and it's it's getting me down like i'd spend an hour to leave the house and go to the gym and then i'd come back and i'd just be staring at the four walls so yeah
0: yeah it's uh it's a tough uh position to be in trying to sort of i think a lot of people in lockdown will have sort of had potentially may have lost jobs or been on furlough um obviously there's a little bit more support financially on furlough but yeah when you're just sort of in this no man land where all your mates are working nine to five you're just twiddling your thumbs and you you have a lot yeah. of energy just sort of sat there waiting for the stuff to happen and letting the days go by it's almost like being in a uh, well i imagine what it's like being in a in a prison cell to an extent obviously you've got a little bit more freedom but yeah it's uh it's an interesting sort of position to be in when you're seeing your friends sort of accelerate especially at those younger ages you're sort of like but, but they're going, they're going, they're going. I want to, I want to stay, stay with them and grab hold of their coattails, although they might not be anywhere near that much further ahead of you in your in your eyes. It's like, oh Jesus Christ! Exactly, but, uh, earning,
1: earning good earning money good and money doing things. For a, for a They've got a car, so especially when you're naive at like 15 yeah. 16 and you're thinking, I'll be a millionaire by twenty-one. If I haven't got this car, yeah, I, uh, I had them thoughts and stuff like that. Then it was—it's so naive because your life will help. <laughs> what What are you gonna do? That's gonna get you there. You're not gonna do it working for somebody, yeah, but right. you're in a position where you want a job to work for someone. So, yeah, it's a—it's uh, a weird age. It really—it really is. You
0: always have. Uh, I think at that
1: age, I was like, I'm gonna retire at thirty. I think my <laughs> you're 30 now. You're still, are you retired. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh,
0: yeah no uh, but i've i've changed my mindset now i think we had the conversation a few years ago i think i said i wanted to retire by the age of 30 now i don't want to retire absolutely that's obviously a great position a better position to be in uh, if you you enjoy what you do you never work a day in your life as they say so you're back in you're back in sunny kirby you're um technically unemployed What's, what are you thinking? What's, what's going on? What's the, what's the plan of action? where
1: So before New Zealand, I found myself in a similar position. I was 17, just left school, just left college, done engineering in college. My mum made me do it. Um, I, I was sat in the house. My brother worked as a postman. So he'd be, he'd been work all day. My dad had to live up the road. My mum would be on night, so I'd never do it. So I was in, in the house on my own. Um, Come back from New Zealand, find myself in the same position. I go to London. My cousin's like, I might I might have you a job. here she's a personal trainer I might have you a job in a gym on a reception. So I go down there, I have a couple of interviews. He probably looks at me and goes, You don't look like you've ever been in the gym, never mind working on a working in the gym. So he says he he's um an and I was there now again I was in a it was I was in a bit of a rut. Like I was spending my days so now I'm now I'm in London um and I'm not near my mates even though they didn't work through the week and I'm I, I, it's not with anybody that I know. But I'm I'm there and I'm I'm thinking because I'm there I'm doing something better, I'm doing something different, which is obviously not. Um and I'm applying for jobs and that's that's when I first got my job. Um so I was applying, I was applying, and I, my friend got me onto it, he said, "It is what I do, um, and I applied, I applied for a job that I wasn't qualified for, so you needed a B in maths, I had a C in maths, but they said, because you've done extra qualifications in engineering, we'll give you a, a chance, basically, so, to be honest, I remember in London, I, I was waiting, so I was there, I was in Limbo again, I was trying scientist, Get a job just for money. Um, I remember walking pa- past. I, had, I was having a bad day or something. And I remember walking past this church and thinking, "Shall I go in there? <laughs> Shall I go in?" And um, I don't know. Just just to talk. Sounds bizarre to talk to somebody just to say, to I like, the priest or something." Look, I I feel terrible. I just feel awful. Like I, I'm spending yeah. my days walking the gym, which is like 40 minutes away. I'm giving it a half-arse go in the gym just to get out the house. And I, I just, I'm always in my own head. I, what, what can I do?
0: Um, so just to sort of touch on that as a, as a sort of a whole experience up to that day, obviously looking back at that, um, and probably as mental health has become more of a forefront for people and more of a conversation for people, um not we're talking like less than ten years ago, but still then even then it was probably still a bit of a taboo subject. Looking back at that experience and at that time frame, can you start to look at where elements of it might have led to sort of crazy crazy decisions or like you say they sort of like continued ruts how how can you sort of look back at that from a from a mental health point of view what do you what do you take from that now?
1: Um the fact that I remember it so clear is definitely something I always draw on it. It was a case of like so I'm sat in the house, for starters, I'm sat in the house, which is never good. I'm overthinking, I'm looking at the things that I don't have. I'm on I'm on social media and I'm on Instagram I'm on Facebook because of that and I'm seeing people doing things that I'm not. So in in terms of that, I was eating shit. I was, my day would be just going out once. So, like, you see now, spend time in nature, you see, eat better, you see your guts, how you feel, stuff like that. Like, I didn't know any of that. In terms of a mental health side, like, I just needed to keep having words with myself and being like, look, you would be okay, you're going to be okay. Like, this is what my mum was telling me. And I know people are in a lot worse situations, but it's hard to see that when you're in your own and you're, all that matters in your life is your life so your life will what am I going to do? I, uh, I'm never going to achieve anything. You, you, start, you start to get in your own head and you're not talking to yourself very positively.
0: Yeah, I think maybe maybe it was my grandma or my granddad that probably said uh, there's always someone worse off and it's like just now.
1: and yeah,
0: <laughs> like, um, it's like I'm not living their life; I'm living my life, and this is yeah. I, I completely get that. It's you might you might be able to look back at it and go, "Oh yeah," but there's people that are homeless and people, but it, it, mental health is an individual uh, conversation and individual experience. You can't live in someone else's shoes, and that's why I want to do this so much. I want to hear from as many people as possible from all walks yeah. of life, and get an understanding of all of those things already just three episodes in, you can see com- commonalities um, already, which I'm really hoping that people can, can draw on and start to <laughs> start to find uh, those points. I think myself and Matt in the first podcast, we talked about the skill and the, the reason that we, that I want to do this is you'll, 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 you'll be falling you'll be going down and constantly going down and it's that ability to catch yourself. And unfortunately for some people, that's going to be a lot lower down that ladder or that that cliff than other people. But if we can create more awareness, you're more likely to catch yourself before it goes into, into crazy addiction. Absolutely. Yeah. Um,
1: I think well, one of the things you, yeah, you efficient. mentioned earlier is about, about it's a single journey for, it's for yourself like the worst thing you've experienced in your life is the worst thing you've experienced in your life. And your Nan saying that could even be similar to like me saying mine, it still doesn't make it happen for somebody. But again, it's a a case of like, you see people say like, put yourself in hard situations and stuff like that. And that'll give you perspective. That'll be character building. That is the case. It's just, you've got to do it for yourself almost.
0: Yeah, definitely. So I think you sort of had a, a few years of a sort of sort of crashing to an extent. What was the driving force out of that? What was your what was your big step? You obviously in London, sort of history repeating itself. You breaking it up with little gaps of enjoyment, but there was this constant repetition of sort of uh, sitting and going from there. So what was the next driving force for you? So
1: from then I i had an interview i was in the gym i was in the changing rooms and i thought shall i answer this weird number coming from southampton so i did and she was like hiya asking you about your, your qualifications and stuff like that so i got that interview and then i went down to southampton so this is october the interview was in southampton was on my birthday um 20th birthday so that's late november so the driving force for me was getting that job. So that meant that I'd move away. I'd go to Fleetwood for three years to be in the college. Um, and that'd be the start of my career. Um, I, yeah. I remember going to Dublin the end of the year, uh, just a month after that for New Year's New year's Eve. And it was amazing. So it was like, i went from within the space of two months, to walking into a church to say, gives a clue, mate, what, what am I doing with my life? to to then go and well I'm in Dublin and I'm with me mates we're having a good time and I start my job next month so that was the start for me yeah
0: it's um it it's it is crazy how it is just one you just it's almost that step it's like you're going even though you're potentially at your lowest that first step in that right direction you're almost instantly relieved which i think is is testament to the resilience of of most people i think again i've not been in the depths of addiction and and these sort of things which are obviously huge um, conditions in themselves i guess but from just a pure mental health point of view uh, for me personally having that first step in the right direction you almost feel like it doesn't all disappear, but maybe in those moments you have like a weightlessness on your shoulders. You're like, "This is right. I'm going in the right direction now," and it's almost a bit of clarity. And and at, at twenty, to be sort of going into a career is definitely young. I was still uh, dicking around in boats <laughs> at uni, um, which was uh, <coughs> the uh, which is what most people do. Like they do a pretty uh non vocational um degree and sort of leave uni at twenty three and still haven't got an idea what they're gonna do. Yes. So, so their time might it's that yeah, weird transition
1: their time might be after uni because also they've known as education and then the what can I do? I've got a history degree, for example.
0: Yeah, and uh it's probably with yourself is because you've left education. It's almost that that for me is a quite a big one, is that leaving education is almost like you lose quite a big safety net. Like yeah. School is a piece of piss in in the scheme of the world. It does not uh, set you up for the world at all. Finish at three, hour lunch, 20 minute break. You're
1: hanging out with people uh, your age, you're not dealing with I don't know, it's just, yeah, like you say,
0: no bills. No it's, bills. Uh, it's a pretty, pretty cushy yeah, it's a cushy, uh, cushy life, really. So, yeah, I think as soon as you lose that safety net of education, you're almost thrown into that deep end. So, sort of explain um, this. Obviously, the career that you're doing now. What is the is the role um, that you were sort of studying for, and how did that how did you um, like that being away? And,
1: and so I was training to be. It's called an engineer officer of the watch. So, in the merchant navy, so not Royal Navy. They have officers, they have tech officers, they have engineering officers. So when I went into that, my mate told me about it, I eventually got it. It's like a it's like an apprenticeship basically, but you're going to be working on shit. Went down to Fleetwood, I had to live there, which was fine. Only an hour away. Um, But I was like, I, I don't know why, but I was really motivated at that point to get the best grade I could because, again, I'm like I'm not going back to London. I'm not having coffees with random people telling me that you can get me a job. I'll give this the best I can, and I've been out of education for a while, so it's like I need I need to smash it and do really well. So you you do six months of college, you do four months of sea, then you do a year of college, uh, four five six months of sea, and then you come back and you qualify, and it's over a period of like awesome. three years. I- yeah.
0: And how did you feel at the end of that the
1: end of the
0: whole thing qualified
1: and you... yeah um so i was optimistic I, like the things i'd learned in the college was stuff like you can work on wind farms you can work offshore you can work on yachts you can work on different boats so i was basically like what what ship's gonna work on um at that time though i was trying to start an app with me mate. <laughs> and that's when I met you. So fast fast you know. forward to 2017. I come out of that note while I was at college. We were missing lessons and stuff because we were like, we've got this good idea for now. And don't ask me to explain what it was because I still can't rattle out the, the pitch. <laughs> um,
0: the pitch. So before we go into okay. that, I think it's probably quite important. So you, you, you'd initially gone into that of three years Excitement of going to sea again. I think going away for you isn't really an issue. You'd already done it in your in your teens, so I'm not going to retouch yeah. that. Um, going on a boat and stuff. I imagine there was a bit more pressure of being at sea, but um, it's what what was happening over those three years for you to sort of. You're obviously doing really well. You'd put your mind to it. What what had started to trigger to make you go right i'm gonna start focusing on an app what what had happened in that in that
1: time frame um so as long as i can remember i've always wanted to start a business with myself it's like i think when i was like 15 or something i read the book i read a couple of books like rich That poor dad think and grow rich and i was obsessed with that so in my eyes like this was one of the frustrations Right at the start, when I was 17, me mum would say, go and get a job, go and get a career, someone who'd look after you. And I'd be like, no, I want to work for myself. And she says, well, how does that look, coming? You've got no money, you've got no experience, you've got no life experience. What are you going to do? And I was like, I don't know, sell T-shirts or something. But naive, it didn't happen. So that was always something I wanted to pick up as, as time got on. The, the Navy for me was a safety net. So basically... In that time, me and my mate Lewis, was we were brainstorming ideas and we'd spend nights together or in, in his in his house and we were brainstorming or weekends and stuff. And it was always like, what can we do? Like, we always felt like we're flagging behind, like, yeah, how old are we? And we, we should have done something. We've said this since we were 16. So, yeah, that was the first idea that we had, the, the app. Um, And we wanted to do it as we were gone because we were both okay in our jobs. It was just a case of we need an extra project to work on. So we're progressing.
0: So that's all it was. It was more of a, what can we do on on top to sort of continually push ourselves further? Now that I'm in a good position, how can I I bring more stuff onto the plate? Which is a sensible way, which is probably a little bit more towards your mum's thinking. Like got the career and now I'll do it on the side. Where some people jump in, <laughs> for feet first, and uh, don't really think about the consequences of, of that side of things. Uh, yeah, my mum uh, <laughs> to, to this day for, for leaving my job. She did, didn't she? Um, she doesn't hate that, so she, uh, she was very confused. Let's put it that way. Um, yeah, so that's when we met, and you sort of. Uh, we had been accepted onto an accelerator program, which was designed to move forward the business. Um, we, I think as with, uh, many startups and the many sort of initial ideas, I'm, I'm speaking for both, but you can yeah. uh, you can interject at any point. We both had an app at that point And, uh, I, I actually turned down funding for us. And, uh, because we got accepted onto another accelerator and that was me being a very naive business person and wanting to keep hold of the, the whole project and try and push it forward myself. Um, and that eventually fizzled out and became what it, what it became, which was, uh, nothing. And with yourself, you tried to try to pivot and try to, to tra- change the business a little bit. I think it's probably the first yeah. way of describing that what do you what, what did you learn from that what were your experiences from that What
1: um, trains to Manchester are very expensive and they're just getting they're going further and further up Um thing I learned was you can be a busy idiot um, yet you've got an idea but unless you nail it down to exactly what you're doing who you're targeting where they are how you're going to target them and um, basically fundamentals of business fundamentals of marketing. And I'm glad I've done it definitely, because you, you learn from things that you do. So it was a case of do the accelerator, hope it goes well, which it didn't We pivoted. Um, all in all, I was like, okay, well, I've give this, I think I give it a year, year and a half. And it was like, if, if nothing's happened, if we haven't got funding, if we haven't got it off the ground, I'll go and work because that's my safety net. I can definitely do that. Um, it got to a point where so we we we'd pivoted a bit and we were going to do something in Liverpool called the food safari, and it was basically um get a group of people and take them on a food tour of Liverpool. So you go into each restaurant, I'm giving someone an idea, you know, right? um, go to five different restaurants, take five different. Cuisines, because that's what the app was all about. It was about filling the downtime of restaurants in the city centre. Um, and we we pitched, we pitched a millionaire in in uh, Preston, and we'd met him before. Very very successful e-commerce business. He's got a slide in his office. Um, appreciated him taking the time to speak to us because we were just kids. So we pitched him, and he was like. You know what, like you come with the app and I was on an iron, but you might have something here with this food safari. And he said, Go out and do it. You're we like, what, what do you mean, go out and do it? what are we gonna do? You know, get t shirts, go and get a stand, put it on Facebook, say, Go out and do it. He wanted to see that we had a bit of skin in the game and to to, to do it ourselves. We thought, Oh, it's all about funding and we need we need certain people and we didn't. Because again, similar to yourself, we were we were like no almost like now nah, we, we can do it ourselves, we, we don't need we don't need the funding there. Um we, we'll just do it our way sort of thing. And that didn't happen. So ended that, learned massive amounts, um and then I started working on ships again, twenty eighteen.
0: So what was the I think the biggest thing for that is you, for me personally, working for myself is is very much a lifestyle. It's it's quite a hard lifestyle for a lot of people to get their head yeah. around. Like you can go sort of months without a steady income, and then sort of have big waves of of income, and then sort of steady, and then sort of go back to nothing again, which uh, for people that are quite career-focused, it's quite a strange lifestyle. It's
1: insecurity, play. isn't it, really?
0: Um, especially, in, it? yeah, there, isn't, there is no real security to it. There's obviously lots of other benefits. Yeah. But uh, you'd obviously gone from a business idea that you thought was a great idea. It hadn't come to fruition. You pivoted. You would then gone down the route with that a little bit. And that hadn't taken off for a number of a number of reasons. And then you had to go essentially go back to your safety net, which is obviously what you're doing yeah. now. How did that what was the what was the feeling there? What was the sort of uh, mindset at that point?
1: I think because the way it happened, we'd lost a bit of money and stuff, it was just like borrowed money, it was pure relief. I was like, and I'm not, I even get them points now. So when I'm at home, I might start something or try something and I'm like, no, you need to earn money now. You need to you need to go and do your job because I like the job. So at that point, it was a bit of excitement, to be honest. And I was thinking, well, what jobs can I do? And because I was a year qualified, I had no experience. Companies were reluctant to take me. <laughs> so I shot myself in the foot a little bit, but I was excited and I eventually did get a start. So it was all new it's all to learn that's what excited me
0: okay cool and that's obviously only a few years ago now really that you sort of went back into into work and you've uh, been doing that pretty consistently now like you say if you try something it's it's a lot more uh what's the terminology of as I want to say I don't want to say step, yeah. but you know what I mean there's boundaries to it there's there's less risk involved I suppose it's not a I'm taking a year out it's I'll try something see see what works so it's still it's still there um, and I think it's a it's a great it's a great flair to have and it's always nice to try new things and learn from them and a lot of a lot of successful businesses are started by people in their 40s 50s 60s like it's not there is no. There is no rush in that sense. Are you are you more comfortable in that, or do you still sort of see? We obviously have Instagram. Go all these people that are making money, left, right, and centre, flashing it. Do you do you feel any societal pressures from that point of view, or are you sort of at peace with with where you're where you're at at, that, at this stage?
1: Um, so I'm a lot more content, but Instagram doesn't do it for me. It depresses the life out of me, to be honest. Like, the problem I've got now is I've got too much time off. So, I I have got structure in my days because I've created it. But same for people who are retired. Like, I see my mum, I see my uncle. They get up and they sit they on Facebook. And it honestly, it drains the life out of you. So, I, I've got a routine now and I've got me structured it with what I do. So, I'm content with that. But I'm always thinking of new things and I'm always like doing my own bloody practices with basically I, I don't want to work offshore forever so the, the plan is to while I'm home use my time wisely basically but I'm my biggest critic and I, I put the most pressure on myself so I'll have days where I'm like why aren't you doing what you say you was going to do and I'll have the i like weekends and the matches on, and you going out and doing whatever. Like they they're all on me. Like if I choose to do them, I've got to live with them. So it's only the pressure that I'm putting on myself. But I can understand why like people are. I've got anxiety through the roof from Instagram and
0: social media. Yeah, do you do you feel that your the pressure that you put on yourself is is healthy, or do you think it might? if you continue to put it on in that frame that you might almost be your own Instagram, you might put your own restaurant, I, too
1: much. Restaurant. Yeah. I do. Th- I think it's unhealthy at times, but then I'll take a step back. Like one of the biggest things for me is being grateful. Like you did know, a lot of people speak about gratitude journals and journal and stuff like that. I do it, but I can do it in my head. So I remember, so, so you said before about we, we won't go. Um, and talk about when when you were at sea because you were used to being away. So another very hard time. I'll touch on it very quickly. Another very hard time I had was when I was on a tanker. I was on a gas tanker from four months. So this was my last phase of college, and I needed this to qualify. I went on. I joined in France. I was sat in the airport for six hours waiting for the captain, and then we took a like a three hour taxi to get there uh, to the ship, and I, I got on. And I started crying because I seen the size of my cabin, loo and I was like, you know, like you wouldn't put a dog in here. It had the smallest bed. It had a small desk, and this is me. I'm I'm on with Russian crew, and I'm speaking English to one person, um, probably once twice a day for about ten minutes, and he, he's just giving me jobs, job, so it's not on. It's not a great conversation, um. The rest of the lads spoke Russian, they spoke broken English, but they weren't interested. I was basically there as a cadet, as a trainee to give the company tax relief. So, talk about a prison. And the thing was, I was on there for four months. Like the, the one in New Zealand was fine because I could go right, I'm leaving, leg it, and then go and stay in my uncle's and go home. This was. If I want this job, I am here for four months and that's that. I didn't know the data was getting off. I, I compare like being on a ship to prison and it might sound stupid because you've got, I don't know, you've got no rights. People get treated bad in prison and stuff like that. But You're so isolated. You're just there. You're not leaving. You're working, which is keeping your mind occupied. Great. But in them hours after work, you, it's just you. You haven't got internet. What, what's the? What's it like? Is it like
0: 12 hours on, 12 hours off? Is that the
1: sort so this was um, 8 till 5, which I'd rather do 12 hours oh, on, 12 yeah. hours off because yeah. <coughs> you're always with someone, you're always there, and you're like, right, I'm tired now. Even if you've been walking around the engine room hard and you're still tired, you can go to bed. With this, it was like, it's 5 o'clock, I'm, I'm up at 8, I go to bed. I used to plan it. I had a planner on like a sheet on my wall. It was like five till six, gym, six till half past or six till half past, eat, half past till seven, shower, and I'd make sure to spend half an hour in the shower because I was like, if I don't do that, then I'm here for longer. Um. Yeah. It's a... seven till eight episode. Yeah. To you sounds <coughs> uh,
0: really tough. Um, but you obviously did it, and I think was that just sheerly just that carrot at the end of it, which was I have to do this to to qualify.
1: I stopped looking at the dates. I was getting off. I stopped looking at um, how long I had left. If he, honestly, Lewis, even if you wait away for a month, if you've, you've got a calendar on the wall and you're often out the date, it'll drive you mad because then you can go into hours, then you can go into you you start skipping days. Well, weekends are not really days, and a night it's not really a day. So you're like, well, I've got forty five thousand hours left. It's no good for you.
0: Yeah. It's uh yeah you you start to, it, that literally makes it become a prison. You are coming up with how well that's only X amount of seconds, but like you're wasting you're essentially counting your life away, which yes, yeah. and uh, no no good for anyone. Um. I wouldn't say I had a similar experience, but yeah, being, I think being away time zones, big one for me, I think. So like I was working sort of like 6am to sort of 3pm, which was Australian time. So I was working for Australia in Indonesia. Indonesia, And so, so I was finishing at three with like the only people that I could uh, work that, I, that were sort of my age or my sort of... were the people that I worked with. So I didn't want to take that time. I didn't want to spend all my time mm-hmm. with them. It was like, it became quite a...
1: What's is, talk about? Like, what do you talk yeah. about
0: at work? Yeah, like, oh, what did you do last night? Oh, well, we hung out <laughs> together. We did... <laughs> like, do you, do you not... Know <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it was... So I sort of... And then the people that I was living with, thankfully, I didn't actually live with the people in me. In the company, which a lot of them did, but, uh, the people that I lived with had real jobs in the sense that they weren't finished until like five, six, seven, because that was sort of the, the norm there. And then the only thing to do was drink, which like, I'm not a big drinker. I've never been a big drinker. Um, but yeah, you just end up drinking the, the night away and then I'm up again at five, um, which isn't, isn't the greatest. You can't really get, you can't really speak to home because they're asleep it's it was quite you're
1: shame. trying to stay in that routine then when you're you're drinking every night to basically pass the time and then you're up at five you're a bit buff but you, you're doing it again that night
0: yeah you just it just becomes that and then the weekends were just long literally like you're so used to getting up early you end up waking up at like seven the thing with indonesia is it's literally 12 hours of sun so the sun comes up at seven goes down at seven every yeah. day, 365, no dramas, um, Muslim country. So always woken up by morning prayer. If you even dare try on the line anyway, um, it's, uh, you get calls for prayer at 630. So you're, you're up for seven, no matter what. Um, so yeah, you go to the gym, it'd be eight o'clock and you're like, right, what do I do Yeah, till Sunday? <laughs> um, so I have like 48 hours of just. Waste, wasting time because uh, Indonesia as a whole country is beautiful you've got Bali and you've got things but um, Jakarta is just a big city with not a lot going on um, so yeah it was a uh, an interesting place to be but yeah I, I, you almost Counting the days till Christmas, counting the days till, till whenever. Till
1: you can get all. So your your incentive there was yeah. the money and stuff, was it?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, thankfully I was earning quite decent money. So there was, uh, the, the one, like, it definitely wasn't staying on a ship in a box room. I'm not trying to, again, it's the same, uh, there's always someone uh, worse than you, but like, yeah, I was earning decent money. I could I could go out and do nice things, but it was boring because yeah. it was the same, because there just wasn't anyone. It's like the Truman show. It's like you are in this bubble yeah. of these are the people that I work with, they're all the same age as me, give or take a few years, and that's it in the whole of Indonesia, in the whole of Jakarta. Like your other white people in Indonesia are 55-year-old oil and gas men. Like, there is no people. And then, as with a a lot of, uh, you've got language barriers, like, Bahasa is not an easy language to to pick up. So, it's not like I could make friends with random Indonesians. And then, Indonesia is such a strange country in the sense that you have ultra-wealthy and extremely poor, Mm. like, It's almost they're like the elite. It's like being friends with elite people, which isn't. They're quite clicky, as you can imagine. So it's not. Did Did you look at like it was literally?
1: Did you almost think like you said about poor people over there? Did you look at them and think, "Well, I'm bored. It's a Sunday, but it could be worse because you can see it as opposed to your nan saying there are people worse, you know."
0: Yeah. Probably not. To be honest, that's probably the, the last thing that I was thinking. <laughs> I was, uh, I, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, they were happy people. I mean, let's be honest, they were extremely happy people. They, they might have been selling tissues by the side of the road, but they were uh, they were very happy people. Um, so, yeah, if anything, they had a better life. Um,
1: <laughs> well, yeah, it boils uh, down to it. them. What's what's worth anything, isn't it?
0: Yeah, and that was probably the biggest trigger for me. I think was like my whole life had become work, mm. um, and I was like, and I was earning decent money, but it was like I could do this, not this, but I could do something myself, and either A, take up half the time, or B work as hard as i'm doing now and still do significantly
1: get the benefits yourself but i bet you were a lot happier fast forward a few years in manchester working on your own app because it's your own you've got your own time you can you've got no money because you're trying to put it into something else but yeah you're doing a lot more that that's better for you like you sold your soul almost in indonesia
0: (laughs) yeah pretty much i i think most of my projects that i've done have been like big projects have been there's a pot of money and i've just gone through it and then when i've got to the bottom of it i've either pivoted or changed and sort of rebuilt up said pot of money which is where my current relationship with with mental health has come from i was in a position with a with a pot of money what i felt was a really obvious opportunity and uh I just this was this is essentially the second time that I burnt through uh, a good chunk of money that most people would be like, why? Yeah, why?
1: Why did you do that? Why did you do it? Um,
0: there's so much more. You, <laughs> I, I can't answer <laughs> genuinely. It is just me. I think I maybe I have a problem. I don't know. I don't think I do. I'm. Uh, I just, yeah, I just like trying. You're an
1: optimist and you, you'd you rather be sat on your deathbed with absolutely zero pounds than be like, at least I tried, absolutely everything I wanted to. At
0: least, yeah, at least I've got stories, mate. Um, no, I just like building. I just like building. Yeah. Building costs money. Like, it's just, that's all it is. I, you you laugh at me. I uh, I usually wear free T-shirts. I, I don't need anything. Like, I'm not that fussed in that sense. Um, like, I'm all I'm all right. I have yeah. nice things, but I'm not... To go onto Instagram, I don't need... I don't even have a driving license, so a nice car is never going to impress me. Um, I think the thing there is... My watch
1: Sorry, just your... When, once you've worked in a startup, it's hard to find the energy of people or the energy of a workplace like that, because... It, it it you get butterflies don't you you're like this is the idea it's here's what we need to do everyone loves it the day because they want to be as opposed to being in a shit office somewhere that you, you're just there to pay the bills
0: yeah I think that was probably the biggest problem with um, the last project was it was very it was money orientated it was um, just geared towards making as much money as possible and that's just not me I just businesses obviously make money. That's what. That's how you can grow. You wouldn't be in business that's if the, you didn't. Yeah. That's the yeah. yeah exactly. That's the fuel to to play at bigger to play at bigger levels, I guess, and to, to hire more people and, and and develop and grow from that. But yeah, the whole the whole concept was to just make money. And probably the reason that I it wasn't wasn't successful off the back of um, a relatively successful couple of years um, was probably. Partly down to the fact that just wasn't. I didn't really have those butterflies. There was elements of it there was fun parts and things like that, but ultimately the goal was to try and make money. Which,
1: yeah, that's not you, is it? Really, not the
0: kind of it. Yeah, that's not why i like. I can. I've done that. I've made money, um, but there's easier ways of making money than uh, doing your own business. If you're starting your own business to make your own, to make money, then. That is the wrong decision, um, <laughs> in my opinion. So yeah, it's uh, so that's probably probably that's the first time I've actually thought about that and, and said that out loud. But that probably is there's probably some serious truth to that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think Connor, we've we we still share ideas. We still try and have those conversations. But I think you're in a position now in your life and and we've and we've tested things, and we've done some sort of side projects quite recently as well. but I think we're you're you're probably a bit further ahead than me. I'm now sort of um, having those conversations with myself. I've got my journal, mine's a physical one. Um, but you're I think you have a more stable footing. so when you're at home you there's obviously long periods, so you've now got experience in that. so sort of talk us through what your routine is, what you try and do, what you try and emulate and, and how you sort of get through your not get through, but how you manage your your months at home.
1: So when I was twenty seven, every the start of every year I I I write in like in my notes uh, to achieve this year. And at the time um my brother was with with a girl um, and she just turned 30. And like, she, she was beside herself, she didn't know what had happened. She was still in uni, she she had a house, but she she might have been renting and she had a car. And she was like, where's the years gone? So I took dad, and I was like, no, here's what I want to achieve before I'm 30, which is only next year. I started this when I was 26. Um, I've got a long list of things I want to do in them. Some of them are massive. Some of them are, could seem simple to people. I break them down. And my routine is get up every day six half six, and first thing I eat. So the idea is you should break the fast breakfast with something that's cleansing. So I'll have water with lemon in it. I'll have celery juice on its own. First thing, not in my stomach, and then I'll have like you should have your highest protein meal of a morning. And um, this is just what I do and I feel better from it. So I'll have like a protein shake and stuff without doing it. And I won't I won't touch coffee until I'm having a coffee now, but I won't touch coffee until at least 10. The idea behind that is I used to get up and I, again, I'd be off and I'd go and meet my dad in cost and I'd have a big barrel of coffee in the morning. I'd come back and I'd be like, I'm absolutely zapped of energy. I don't want to do anything. I won't touch coffee till 10. I, uh, I
0: find if you drink coffee, I did this yesterday, actually. I got up. Um, I've just started this Project Fifty, so for you, this is uh, a piece of piss. But get up before eight a.m. Obviously, working from home, you could. I can see my bed right now, so that's how hard my commute is. Um, but it's it was get up before eight, and I drank. I think it was up at seven. I drank a coffee about ten minutes up, and by about four o'clock, I would have had like six coffees. Like, and I was, I got in bed at night and I could just <laughs> chill my
1: heart going. I was like. They're so, espressos yeah. as well, aren't they? They're strong but, coffee. It's not like instant shite. They are legit coffees. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't muck about. <laughs> uh, I'm having a coffee. I'm having a coffee. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, uh,
0: it, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. I just it's all right.
1: The, that's just what I've found. It might work different for different people, but. Like, yeah. So I'll I'll go to the gym. I'll come back and I'll have my first coffee. I'll eat and then I'll jump on my laptop for two hours. So I'm I'm learning to trade forex. So that's what I'm doing with a guy. He's highly recommended um from Twitter stuff like that. So I'm learning. He, he's teaching me. Um, so in my head, I always need something that I'm learning, something that's active and uh, something that is like rewarding through the day that's just how i feel like satisfied another thing about when i get up and i won't touch my phone i used to lie there in me on my phone in bed like as soon as i wake up and i would be checking instagram checking emails checking nothing's that important like i feel like i come out of a coma uh, after i've been on my phone for 20 minutes half an hour so it's not touching my phone i've got limits on my apps and stuff um, am back from the gym. I'll be learning that throughout the day. I'd just be like, like it sounds so simple, but when you work away, you're always on a time limit. So I'll do things around the house. I'll cl- I'll I'll cut the grass or I'll clean up around the house or thing. That's that's a little bit rewarding for me because I'm like, this is your time. You're doing whatever. Um. I'm, I'm still playing the guitar. I'm still learning the guitar. I'm okay at that now. I started done a lockdown. Um, I've just got, like, notes and, and lists of things that I want to do. And if I'm, if I'm planning my weeks and I'm planning my days, I'm like, here's what you're doing today. Because the, eventually that will get you to the further goal. And But they have to be time restrictive. Because if they're not, if I go, I've got all day to go to the gym. I'll talk myself out of it. I just, I just, yeah.
0: It's, it's, it's so true. I've, um, one of the big things for me, I've not been to the gym in years. Uh, uh, three months ago, I, uh, started my journal, started all the, started all of that. And initially it was, um, as simple as just walking 10,000 steps. i made an effort to, to do that. I've now. Not, not as uh, clinical on that. I'm not trying to do it every day. But yeah, so I still go into the gym. And yeah, as soon as you... Like, if, if I hadn't been to the gym this morning, probably wouldn't go today. Um, so it's... Even though it's downstairs. Like, <laughs> but it's
1: just in the same building for you, isn't it? Yeah.
0: Yeah, so um, it's... Uh, and that's, that's mad to think that, like, something can be literally in your property and you still don't use it. Um, so yeah, I think setting lists, setting goals and sort of going that way about things is, is really important. Oh, um,
1: yeah.
0: I, I hope you're going to now talk about some of your, uh, more crazy. Yeah. Crazy rituals. Cause they're, <laughs> unless, unless you st- unless you've stopped, unless
1: you stopped doing which ones have done some Sorry. stupid shit, bear in mind, which ones.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, I, I don't know if you're still ice-bapping, is
1: that? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm still doing that. See, there be, there's a reason for that. So, there's a recycling bin, soon to be in um, a barrel in the garden. What
0: colour is it? <laughs> I
1: said, what colour
0: is your What
1: colour is your bin, exactly. Man and maroon, not purple. I'm from St. Helens, really. Erm... Um, So the the ice bath, that for me, like, you need need things like, oh, yeah, if you want to be successful, you've got to get up every morning. At five, you've got to run 35 miles. You've got to read 20 books or before nine o'clock, and it's like, that's bollocks. You need to find what works for you. So when I started doing the ice bath in, was it lockdown or just after? Obviously seen a, a bit about Wim Hof, seen about what I can do for you. Uh, we're never really exposed to cold and that's good for you. But what I was using it for was I'd have me tea and say I had like a pasta. I, I'm too twitchy me, I'm, I, I've always got to be on the go. So I'd be like, that's that's giving me a big insulin spike there. And I, I feel like, I feel irritated. And when I feel irritated, I'm in my own head. and. And then I am I start to drag myself down. So I'm like, no, you're either going on a run and you're going to get rid of the, the the thing in your head or you're going to go in the ice bath, you're going to do something very hard to silence it. And it always silenced it. So now, as a tool, that's what I do. If I'm having a day like that, I'm like, no. You're going in the ice bath at 10, at whatever, 9, 10 at night, it's going to be freezing. But... You're ticking the boxes of you know, if it's a, it's a bit of an achievement, you, you're silencing yourself. It's, it's like it's meditation, really. And that another routine that I try and get in is my friend John, he's amazing fella. He, he does, he teaches breathwork and he, he's taught me breathwork. He's levels above anyone I know, but the things that he has taught me is like it's it's. You'd have your hour, you'd have your half an hour, you check in with yourself, you are, you're there with there's go to Spotify, there's uh, breathwork, um, playlists, playlist. you have your hour or your half an hour, whatever you can handle, where you're asking yourself almost like, are you okay? Um how how do you think today went? Um and if you're not asking yourself just just be silent, see see what see what comes into your mind. And to be honest, I haven't I haven't needed to use these things since I've stopped checking Instagram and like for for an hour a day and since I've had a routine, so I've just found what works for me. I think.
0: Yeah, I think it's um. This is obviously only the third one of these, but seems to be the common the common uh, theme is is finding that base is. We, I'm, I'm not an expert, you're not an expert, I'm not a therapist by any stretch of imagination, but my very butchered look at mental health is you need to address it and say I'm going down, but I'm making myself worse by my current actions, and then you need to stop yourself, and you need to want to make a change, you need to want to be In a position to move forward, which might take that you're almost that you 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 can um, that might take I don't know that could take the rest of your life and that could be your your bottom, but you never go any further, which is always is a benefit. It's like I need to do something about this, and that's a conversation that you can have. But once you've had that conversation, it's about making that action and it's about finding that base and that level. Um, And for for some people, it might be. Really easy it might be really easy to change and go into all these extremes. But for me, whenever I try and do something extreme, I usually fail. Like the amount of times I've tried to train for a triathlon. for
1: a lot of people, maybe it's, it's just the baseline you come up from, isn't it?
0: It's just insane. Like I'm like I'm gonna do a triathlon. Like, I'm not out of shape. I I can probably do it. Tri- I can't swim, but I can do a triathlon. But because I'm like, I'm gonna do one and then I'm like, I'm gonna do a half Ironman, <laughs> and then twenty minutes later, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna. This half.
1: is all before and you've I'm done like, a ten k marathon, half marathon.
0: This is before I put my trainers on. <coughs> I'm looking at the world's hardest <laughs> Ironman. Like there's one in Finland where you've got to dive into ice water, Final like, like twenty miles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm like, I need to, and then I'm like, searching canyon bike. <laughs> And I've got like a five grand bike, and I'm like, you've not even, <coughs> you've not even been
1: the gym in a month. What's get?
0: Yeah, so
1: you're looking at a, maybe other I, people's achievements uh, or something, and you're thinking like, I need to get there. No, you need to well, my, put I, one foot in front of the other and start, don't you?
0: Yes, and that, that's that's basically what it sort of boils down to is, you have to start, and if it's extreme and it's like. It's a bit like your ice bath. You've gone from temperatures cold. It's an extreme, and like you said, it's a it's a it's a way of shutting mm. off. But if you're going from extreme to extreme with your routine and your your relationship with mental health, it's gonna be spiky. You you might make slight improvements, but you might also drop back down, especially if you're really hard on yourself and you fail. Yeah, and you and you drop right down. Like the way that I've gone into this is. To be honest with you, if I was to look back, at, if I was to look forward to this and see how I've gone into this, I'd be like, this guy's like a pretty sensible bloke. All right? I started eating better, but the first thing I did was I just started eating less of the same stuff. I didn't change my food. I was like, well, let's start with eating less.
1: Less input, so same output same equals thing. deficit.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly that. So um, I still. I, I enjoy what I, what I eat and I, I've now slowly started to bring in healthier alternatives and my mindset's changed towards it. Same with the gym, same with the walk-in, it was all just slowly building up. And then this project 50 that I'm doing now, I looked at the list of these seven rules and I was already doing four of them. Mm. So like, for me, it's like, it's a bit big challenge for 50 days. And then after those 50 days. It might it might dip down, but I'm definitely not beating myself up when it when it dips down because I've already already improved. I think I said before uh, before we hit record, I'm now in the top ten percent of podcasts because
1: congratulations, Lewis. Most podcasts
0: don't <laughs> most podcasts don't get to episode three. So you could
1: have said, "I want to make a thousand podcasts and then not even stand on the mic."
0: Well, should I tell you the actual honest truth of this? Go on. When I when I start when I wanted to start this podcast, it was beginning of august i think and i was like there's 151 days till christmas i was like i can find 150 men i'm gonna put out a podcast a day 100 that was my first thought that was my first thought of this so i nearly talked myself out of it then and that was because i had gone so extreme i was like yeah you know, everyone will want to do it everyone will want to talk to me on um, duty
1: so yeah. i think your response has been good
0: um, yeah, it's been good. I think. Um, then when I looked at it, I was like, "Oh, maybe not everyone will want to talk." And yeah, but people do, and I think the more I do, and the more people watch, the more more people will be more open to it. Like, because it's obviously daunting. We're we're trying to trying to talk about life, and uh,
1: do you know what's good though? But, Sorry for interrupting. When you said you said to me, come on and have a chat, and I was thinking, okay, you can chat, you'll be like, Oh, have you seen the news? Oh my god, Putin's a dickhead. If 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 you if you went down the line of like, tell me your story, I didn't realise how much I've done until I've just said it back to you. And how often would you get a regular person? having a chat with someone else, like, saying, here's what I've done. It's always, like, if you're successful, you, like, tell me about your story. So that, for me, it is, it's amazed me a little bit in terms of, like, well, fucking hell, you have been through hard times, and I've just said it to you, I've reminded myself of it, so you're having next week or something, if I have a bad day, I'm like, no, that's fresh in my mind. So I think that's really good.
0: Yeah, I think it's... It's really important to, to do it. I think we're we're relatively new friends, which um, for a lot of men is is almost an un, unthought thing. Someone sent me a, a meme of uh, what it's like being in your thirties and a man you basically reduce your friends. But we we became friends uh, sort of later on in life, um, and you've told me some stuff that I know. some stuff that I knew, some stuff that you've skimmed over, but you've. Um, you've opened up to me in a conversation that we probably never would have had. And I, Harry has been my friend since I was like 15. Um, and we've had two conversations like that. And one of them was the podcast, Mm. um, which it's just mad, but, uh, Matt made a good point. He says like. If you go, if you're like out with your mates or you go around to your mate's house and you're like, can we have a chat? It's almost, you've instantly set the tone. Yeah. And it's a bit like, well, oh fucking hell, what's he going to here? <laughs> um, and your guard's almost up. Definitely, yeah. Um, but when we when we put that label on it and it's like, we're just having a chat, but we're going to talk about mental health and sort of how, what your experience has been with it, it instantly becomes a lot easier to have that conversation. and. Harry also said that because he's very open and he's very he's very keen to talk. Yeah, and he's um, he's a really he's a really good example of of how you should be with your with your emotions. I think he does hold a lot back, but when he's allowed to, he will he will talk to you. And he said one of his biggest issues was he wants to talk. But he really finds it hard to find someone who wants to listen. Oh, right. So it's like, because um, again, it sort of goes back to that, stink, that thing: can we have a chat? Yeah, yeah. It's like that. It's that same, the office, same it? barrier. So yeah. So Matt was coming at it from a point of: I don't want to say that to someone because that then makes me anxious. Whereas Matt um, Harry was saying, I don't. Want to tell someone in case they feel like that's not a chat that I want to I want to have. So it's it's a tricky one, and I think the, my goal for this is I think I I've not I've not had therapy, it's something that I've considered and something that I'm still considering. So I've not talked to anyone. I've only ever talked to myself, and I think there's going to be a lot of people like like that that aren't open to talking. But if they can hear other people, like you say, um, ordinary ordinary men, really. At the end of the day, we're not. I'm not talking to. I'm going to talk to more su- to successful people and um, sort of people in in other positions. And I'm also going to talk to people from other parts of life, but only from a spectrum, not as like a, your typical podcast. Yeah. Like, look at this guy, ultimate bestseller. Like, I'm talking to people that are still in it and are still um, having issues with it and still not necessarily 100%. Yeah. Like, I'm, well I think I'm three months into this, year. From that,
1: people, like you say, about ordinary people, people like the extremes, don't they? I want to, you, you look at an Man. you're going to look at Lionel Santos and be like, he's he's amazing, he's mad. He, like, football Gerard sort of thing. People want the extreme. They want to know the stories of, like, how they made it and the best of the best. But... If the majority of the population are not in that one percent, who's telling their story almost? And if they're open to a chat, then why yeah. not? And great.
0: Exactly, and I think I think for me, I've already I've had one message already, um, and he sent me a really long long message about. Uh, it's a guy guy I went to school with. Um, he sent me a really long message about his life, what's happened in his life. And by listening to the podcast, he said, I was 80, like that allowed me to send that message. And we're currently in a conversation and hopefully he will sort of build up a little bit more and potentially come on as well and share that story. But just to get to that stage for me is a win for this. Like just one person is, is all that way to effect.
1: What you're doing is really good. Like when you, when you started doing other stuff, it, it come out of time actually when, um, UFC fighter Paddy, Paddy the Baddy he, he was saying about his, his friend had died and he'd taken his own life and stuff and he was in the octagon and he was like I'd rather you cry on my shoulder than, than me have to go to your funeral next week and that, that's so powerful because it's like if, if maybe if he did open up and talk and stuff like that it, things might have been different so what you're doing is really good and, and hopefully yeah. or we will do an episode where I, somebody or I, I'll do it because you, so you you relay back to me what you've done and stuff like that. That'd be interesting.
0: Yeah, I was um I wanted to do that. I was um, I was thinking about that because I was going to get everyone to ask me a question mm. and not and sort of record it separately. But I didn't do that on the first two, so I'm not. So I will have to be. So I was almost going to do a two camera one. Yeah, it's almost not as genuine. I'm trying to get as much out as I can with with people's. Within other people's, is like I say, it's has bit more of a chat rather than me me interviewing you because like, I'm not the, the greatest interviewer anyway. Um, I just want to I just want to sort of finish this and sort of wrap it up with um, another tricky question. Started with a big one, um, but sort of finish with a, a slightly bigger one as well. Where do you think your current relationship with with mental health is? And what are your what are your goals sort of moving forward with mental health? Especially after this conversation, it seems like it's almost opened up some more things as well. Yeah,
1: definitely. Um my current relationship is I know myself like I always used to say like you You can't avoid yourself, you've always gotta live for it yourself. So the best thing you can do is get to know yourself and I know I know what triggers me. I know what um makes me worse, like drinking and whatnot. That that sends me on a bit of a spiral. Like I can, that can send me down 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 a bad path of self um what's it called like self destruction. So I know I know things I need to put in place. I know what makes me feel better. I know that having a routine and stuff like that is good, but. You'd like to think you you're not so up and down. Like if you can be at a steady level and be fine the majority of the time or good the majority of the time, then you've got a base to work on. You've got the building blocks, and you can you can keep going. Like don't be too hard on yourself, sort of thing, and and go from there. Um, and in in terms of the future, it's to just if if I have a base of okay, you're good, you're fine. Uh, more uh, financially uh, relationship wise um, you're good now you can start to speculate on other things and if you if you'd have them like you say about starting a business if you have an, a knockback or whatever you can get up because you're fine you've got your base if you're at the bottom and it kicks you lower then you're like what am i doing you start to question things but it's just about getting that base i think
0: yeah, I think for me it is, it's, and it's it's arguably going to be the hardest and slowest process is building that base. But once it's there, you can almost start to test yourself again and start to not enjoy life because you're obviously going to enjoy life when you're sort of going in the right direction. But it gives you a bit more freedom, I, I believe. Um, I one other thing as well. You always talked about uh, interviewing me. One of the other things I want to do is. Is re-interview everyone else, so it might be in six months, it might be in twelve months. Um, so we'll uh, we'll definitely do that as well, yeah. so that we can sort of see what's changed, what's sort of a, a little bit more, be a bit more actionable of a of a conversation. So so yeah, I'll, uh, if you'll if you'll come back on in a in a few few months' time, I'll, I'll happily have you. But um, yeah, thanks very much for your time, Connor. I appreciate you you coming on, and I'll uh, I'll leave the final word with you.
1: Yeah, thanks, Lou. Nice to speak to you. Um... Keep up what you're doing and get in the top 1% of my intent. See you later, mate.
0: Cheers.